a Pulp MX Network production. The only athlete-to-athlete podcast in the sport. Questions from a different perspective. The hard questions you want answered about training, riding, and being a professional athlete. Not only in motocross, but in other sports realms as well. Welcome to Shifting Gears, the Zach Osborne Podcast. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to Episode 3 of Shifting Gears. This episode is with Thomas Covington, um, former MXGP uh, star in the MX2 class and uh, now a rider on the Rockstar and Husqvarna Factory Racing team, uh, my teammate. Um, the recurring theme from the first two episodes was that I made some mistakes. The first one, I was chewing gum, um, like a total rookie podcaster. And the second one, maybe I chose a little bit of a noisy location. So the third one, I was trying to be super, super awesome and um, do it in a quiet place. So we did it in my motorhome. And uh, I feel like the audio is way better, but I chose the wrong mic in the first three minutes of this podcast. So bear with me. My voice sounds like I'm in a tunnel for the first three minutes, but it gets better. And um, Thomas did a great job giving us some insight on some things from MXGP, MXON, um, and his transition to Supercross. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Thomas Covington, welcome to the Shifting Gears podcast. Um, we're here in Dallas, just finished up with some press day riding. Um, you got your first Supercross under your belt uh, last weekend in Minneapolis. Can you talk to that a little bit and just kind of tell us how it's going? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. I was uh, pretty stoked when you hit me up about it. Um, no, you weren't. I was. I was. I was We're like, just dang. Like, I'm just a, just a one-man band trying to get this thing kicking. I didn't know I had that much street cred Ooh, to get on Zach Osborne's po- Shifting Gears podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Minneapolis is... Um, really positive for me because um going in i really didn't know what to expect i just wanted to go and get some experience hopefully make the main event and uh get out of there in one piece yeah i mean uh i saw one funny caption this weekend uh or coming into this weekend from about an article on racer x and it was questions i want answered and one of them was will thomas covington actually breathe after, <laughs> after Minneapolis, and and I knew, like you know, you know, I've seen you on the off season, and I knew you were nervous, and um, just adjusting. It's a, it's a huge adjustment for someone like me. Before I left, I rode Supercross and, and raced yeah. Supercross and whatnot. But you basically raced Monster Cup one time, right? Yeah, I raced Monster Cup a couple times when I was amateur, but um, other than that, absolutely zero Supercross experience. Right. Um, so you're jumping at the deep end. Yeah. October, September, whenever you got home. Exactly, yeah. Um, I rode Supercross a little bit, like a few months before Monster Cup those years, when I was 14, 15. But then, uh, yeah, for the last six years, didn't set foot on a Supercross track. Um, the team in Europe actually wouldn't, they didn't allow it. They didn't want me to ride any Supercross. Cause I would have liked to do a few of those um, European rounds. Um, those seemed pretty cool, and I was over there anyway, so it would have been cool to do those. But, um they always really just wanted me to stick to GPs and not risk it getting hurt or anything yeah. like that. But, uh, yeah, so I went, I watched Nations at Red Bud, and then pretty much the week after that, started riding Supercross. Right, yeah, that's about the, around about the same time I started riding after my shoulder injury. And, you know, yeah. when we were there, one thing that really struck me um, that week was when I asked you, 
how you were doing, like being at home, you said that you were almost like kind of finding it weird, like it, it didn't really, you know, feel like home anymore or along those lines. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously, it always feels like home whenever I cross the border back into the U.S., but um, just being home, like living with my parents again, uh, when I'd been living on my own in Belgium for the last five years, was just a little bit strange for me. Um, it took some getting used to, for sure. And just being back, going to the same places that I went to when I was a teenager. I mean, um, I grew up in Alabama, but then lived in California the last, you know, from the time I was 12 until... 16 when I moved to Europe but um, yeah it was good to be home but at the same time a little strange like took me a bit to kind of get in my rhythm yeah so I had just gotten married when I came home straight away and that that helped my transition but like being in your situation being away for five years completely on your own in a foreign land you definitely uh, carved your own way and and learned some habits of your own and then to move yeah. back in sort of with your parents for a bit until you moved to the goat farm yeah. was, had to be a pretty big transition like as, as an adult you know yeah I think the weirdest thing was because um, I did come back home from time to time when I was living over there in Europe but uh, when I would come home it was only for a few weeks or for a month or so and then I always knew I was going back right whereas when I came back um, when I did the deal with Bobby and I moved back, I was like, wow, like, this is where I'm going to be <laughs> the rest of my life, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. this is it. And uh, so that was the weird part, I think. But- I, I always had this feeling, like, especially when I finally came home for good, like, I had just gotten comfortable fully living in Europe, if you, if you will. Did you find that at all? Yeah, I mean... To me, Europe was like felt like home to me. I had um, all my friends and everything there, and a lot of my friends that were there ended up being uh, almost like family to me. You know, yeah. took care of me, <laughs> fed me dinner most nights, and uh, it was weird to say bye to those people. And then, like, don't know when I'll be back to see them. For sure, know? yeah, that's uh, a strange feeling. I, I had the same with the Pococks, and um, I went back there. For six years later which was in 2017 for the nations and it was like a sort of going home feeling like it was it was like you know i left the airport didn't need my gps drove straight to the house and it it was just uh it's it's an awesome but weird feeling to kind of know a different land as home other than just the states you know yeah like you say with the gps i feel like a place is not home until I can go where I want to go without pulling out my phone and yeah. figuring out where to go. Like, I'm just getting that way in Tallahassee, going from my apartment out to the goat farm. I can just now go there without using my navigation. So yeah. It feels good. Like, oh, it's starting to feel like home a little bit. Right, yeah. How is the goat farm? You've been there for three months now, two months? Uh, I guess two months, maybe two months. Um, but, no, it's really nice. Uh, it's good to be hanging out with with Jeannie and Ricky again because when I was amateur I used to go stay down there for you know a week at a time or so with my family and uh, Jeannie kind of taught me and my parents how to train you know stop watch and doing motos and things like that so uh, it was cool to kind of see it come full circle back as a professional and um, working with her again right that's awesome Um, you spoke a little bit about it earlier but the transition to supercross what's been like the biggest learning curve for you 
um, in transitioning to Supercross and trying to ball it all up into a, f- a four-month period where you're just, you know, going from basically newbie beginner to ready to race for a factory team? Yeah, I think as far as riding the, the track itself is um, not something I struggle with too much. Just being out at the practice track is not too bad, but it's the race experience that I lack. Yeah. And, um, you know, tons of people can go really fast around the practice track, around the test tracks in California, but show up on race day, you know, with it inside a stadium, a little bit, maybe a little bit tighter and um, softer dirt and just uh, having to get the track dialed in in such a short period of time is something that um i'm really having to work on and uh as well as you know the whoops i'm not not used to coming out of a corner and just you know sending it into these yeah. whoops i'm not, just not used to seeing that in front of me and hitting it wide open what about setup wise was that a big adjustment i mean i know how different a gp bike is to a supercross bike but um as far as feel goes how was that for you yep um it's pretty much as far from my gp setup as you can get um my setup in particular was basically as soft as i could get it without it bottoming more than two times a lap um for some reason i just liked it really soft yeah and um that's where i felt comfortable and i think maybe because a lot of the tracks over there um if we weren't riding the sand a lot of them are really hard packed like not ripped at all just like slippery and uh, really harsh bumps so um, having that soft suspension to help with the traction and everything uh, really helped me. But then coming back over here and hopping straight on the Supercross track on this just a setup that WP gave me just from my weight and everything um, was a pretty big big change. Quite the contrast. Yeah, but in one way it wasn't too bad because I just it's not like I'm trying to make my Supercross bike feel like my GP bike. I know it's got to be a completely different setup. And um, I'm not searching for, like, to get this exact same feeling that I had on my GP bike because I probably won't find it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, looking forward to outdoors, how do you feel about that? You know, that's obviously something you had some GP wins last year. How many wins did you have in total? Um, I believe. (laughs) I haven't thought about it so long. I've been supercross mode forever, but... uh, Four GP wins, Four I believe. GP wins? Yeah. Over five years, and then yep. um, tons of podiums and, and yep. moto wins and stuff. Uh, obviously, you have to feel pretty good about that, the outdoor series that you know, lies ahead. Yeah, I think um, everybody knows I'm pretty excited about the outdoors. <laughs> um, I think that's something that I'll just feel comfortable out there. Um, just something that I know, and I've got a lot of experience doing. Right. And... Um, for me just want to make it through the supercross season healthy and be able to go into the outdoors um you know 100 percent healthy and right fit. i think that that's i th- you know in my opinion if you can take just some experience from the supercross season and translate it into outdoors and just kind of get your feet wet i think you know by the by the middle of the season you're going to be firing on all cylinders ready to win some races in my opinion yeah i mean that's the goal um i think that's the reason the team hired me knows thinking i'd do really good at outdoors and um not to say i don't think i'll ever you know challenge for wind on the supercross just uh this first season really want to get some experience and not try to you know light the world on fire and then go uh, do something stupid but um no definitely looking forward to that first round of outdoors yeah uh have you ridden many of the outdoor tracks or not really um 
I've ridden Hangtown a couple of times for like amateur races, yeah. and then uh, I actually lived in Wisconsin for a couple of years, up um, not too far from Millville, and uh, so I raced there. Why did you bit. live in Wisconsin? Uh, my dad just took a job up there, a garbage <laughs> compacting. I company. didn't actually know that. Yeah, I lived up there, and um, I don't remember it being as cold as it was last weekend in Minneapolis. <laughs> so I was like, can't believe I lived up here. But, yeah, uh, I was not bummed that I missed that. That looked. I mean, by all accounts, it's like brutal, brutally cold. <laughs> Last year, we were there, and it came like a three-foot blizzard over the course of Friday night and Saturday. It was it was crazy. Yeah. So, um, is there any tracks that you look forward to for the outdoor season? Um, I think everyone everyone comments on my Instagram and whatnot about Southwick just because I've ridden in the sand so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, you would know, like, the comparison to GPs to nationals better than I would because... Yeah. You know, I've never been to, you know, most of these places. I mean, I I think uh, GP-wise, as far as, like, in comparison, um, high point conditions-wise is not very European, but feel and flow and off-camber, it, it sort of rides like a, almost like a French track, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, just really big, steep off-cambers and hilly. Um, Unadilla is pretty, yeah. pretty Euro. There's a couple of them, but I, I really don't feel like that, that that makes a difference. I mean, if you're fast, you're going to go fast at all of them, in my opinion. Yeah, and I really liked uh, WW Ranch. Oh, yeah. WW's um, good. When the GP was there. I was pretty pumped to see that on the calendar. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. And I think that it's actually maybe sandier than Southwick, especially if it's you know wet like wet. it was for the yeah. GP. Man, it's deep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's not far from where I'm living now, so be almost like a home race for me yeah and uh went pretty well there at the gp i mean hampshire edged me out a little bit yeah <laughs> but uh no it was yeah, it's a fun track back to the sand thing like as an american who struggled his face off um in the sand in europe for five years it's impressive to see you just kind of take the bull by the horns and go there and you won a moto in lommel right mm. or vulcansward no, I was second at uh, Longwood this year. Okay. Second overall. I mean, Valkins anything I in tied, that's inside yeah. the top ten is like a win, you know, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think my best sand finish was I, – I know my best sand finish was the Saturday Lear Up in 2012. I was so stoked because I got third <laughs> in the heat race. Yep. Jeffrey fell in the first turn, passed me and Glenn on the last lap oh. to win, but I didn't even care. Like, no, I was that just point, that pumped. Yeah, yeah. That I that I had gotten uh, you know like something to hang my hat on in the sand, but it's it's awesome to see that it's possible. You know, yeah. like that's basically a learned skill through hard work. I mean, you're you're a very talented dude on a motorcycle, but those guys, it's like kids playing basketball here. You know, they ride that stuff from the time they're little yeah. tiny kids. You know, well for me it was like a similar feeling actually, because uh, I mean my first two years. Um, riding in the sand, I struggled as well. Like, I was terrible in the sand. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of the same feeling. Like, I'd be out at Longwell practicing some days. And I'm just like, what am I doing yeah. out here? Like, I'd be seven, eight seconds off the pace sometimes, you know? Yeah. And then um, <laughs> it's not that bad, but it's, I get the same feeling when I'm out at the farm, you know, riding with Martin or Davalos. And, uh, you know, he'll be a couple seconds quicker than me, or sometimes three seconds. And I'm just like, what am I doing out here? Yeah. Like, it's kind of the same feeling, but I that's got to give you a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, though. That it's it's doable, you know. Exactly. I'm just telling myself, I'm like, I don't want to get to this again. Like, <laughs> I hope it comes. I need to do this quicker than two years, you know.
skosh accessories for life listen guys their slogan sums it up they are accessories for your life I use the Magic Mount Vent Clip every day, boom bottle all the time, go bat when we're traveling. Whatever it may be, the functionality and durability of these products is second to none. That's why myself and Rockstar and J Husqvarna Factory Racing choose Skosh. Accessories for life. Check them out at Skosh, S-C-O-S-C-H-E dot com. I feel like uh, in the grand scheme of struggles, Supercross is a lot less of a an overall struggle than learning to ride in Lommel, you know, like <laughs> it's a little bit better atmosphere and a little bit lighter on the body and mind than a bad cold winter day at Lommel. I mean, there's, yeah. there's some of my worst days were Dunkirk in mm-hmm. the cold rain yeah. winter time or Lommel. I mean, th- <laughs> those are just miserable days when you're getting passed by dudes in cue ball helmets yeah. with you know that you've never even heard of that yeah, don't even race gps guys. like it is the worst feeling ever yeah and i was actually i was talking to tommy Sorrow this week and he was sending me pictures from some soundtrack he was at <laughs> and he was like oh, i bet you wish you were here riding huh and i was like actually i do like, <laughs> i miss it you know you ride it for so long and i mean i hated it at first but then you just keep making yourself think positive like no it's good like today's a good day and then after five years of doing that you actually brainwash yourself like oh the track's sick today like there's some water standing over there there's like i can skim that puddle over there and break the ice i'll be the first one through it i know but whereas on a supercross track you there might be something on the track that's a little bit sketchy you're like hey but you have to do it and it's just meant that's what's mentally hard for me because every lap you know it's coming around oh yeah so um that's the hard thing for me i mean i'd rather survive my way through a mud mud race at lomo than have to hit this like sketchy jump like 20 laps yeah that'll come though i mean it's it's kind of all experience you know in both situations i think you know you'll get it. it it just takes time and um it's also a little bit back to the Lomo thing where those guys have been riding it since they were kids. That dev- developmental, like, four or five years from when you left to now is very important for Supercross. So, I mean, you kind of are a little bit behind the eight ball on that, but I think it's, you know, you're a hard worker and a quick learner, and it'll, it'll come around just like it did in Lomo. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the goal, you know, and... Um that's what that's what we'll work for. Yeah, I know um, a little bit about your old team. Um, I almost signed with them at one point in 2010, I believe, and it's very, um, very family mm. sort of atmosphere. Um, and this team is probably one of the more family, fun, friendly teams in the pits, but it's still very business. You know, the yeah. the whole GP paddock is a little bit more laid back if you will more pure racing than this this is more of you know like the business side of things in my opinion um do you do you miss that atmosphere at all yeah i mean i think you hit the nail on the head really it's just that's the way it is um like riding for jackie martins in europe it was really a a family atmosphere um not even just when we're at the track or test days or whatever but on our off days or before and after riding like just everyday life um they're really involved i think also because i was there by myself like they would um when i signed with the team they you know find me a place to live you know go with me to get a car to drive around in like tell me where to shop and just yeah the language barrier and everything they really helped me out just with life in general right and i think you grow up pretty close through all that 
Yeah. And um, as well as just with all the travel and all the crazy places, like, we all kind of stick together. Whereas, it's a little less daunting. Yeah, exactly. And um, whereas here, like you said, it's just more business and you have a lot more freedom to do what you want. Um, you know, you pretty much do whatever you think's best for yourself. You don't have the team telling you, like, okay, at this time we're going to be here, you're going to go do this. Yeah. At so Jackie had sort of that, like a like a almost like a schedule, like a test schedule or like a writing schedule for you. Yeah, they pretty much uh, they lined up everything. Yeah, like our whole week was basically planned out. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Which some guys wouldn't like, but for me it was just easy, you know. Right. Um, didn't have to worry about anything except when I got on the bike. Exactly. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, but you feel like the. I mean, I know that you know some of the other teams in the pits, but our team's pretty laid back, pretty fun group of dudes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I don't think I would have come back um, if it wasn't with a team, you know, like Bobby's team. You rode for Bobby when you were younger or no? No. On Extreme? Never. No? No. He was already... I was riding for Team Green. Okay. When he had the Extreme Team Green. Okay. He was around, but I never rode for him specifically. Um, But no, for sure, it's... These guys are similar in a lot of ways to the yeah. team in Europe um, obviously it's different just different series different I feel like here the team's got a lot more going on because also a 450 team yeah. and everything um, whereas there they just have two 250 riders and um, yeah it's a big difference but um, I really enjoyed working with the team here and also just having all the guys like <laughs> speaking English and like <laughs> from a familiar area and, right um can kind of relate with the guys and it's cool to hang out with all of them. Yeah, I, I get it. Totally. Um, you chose to forgo your last year of eligibility in MX2. Did you ever consider staying or you were pretty much dead set on coming home or did you ever consider staying and just doing MX1 forever? Or? I definitely considered it. Um, yeah. It was a really tough decision for me, actually. Um, you know, I've been talking to Bobby for the last couple years about possibly coming back and... Um, the year before, I actually had an opportunity to come back one year earlier than this, and I was like, mm, I want to stay another year and try to go for a world championship, and then, uh, yeah, and then my deal ended after last year with the team in Europe, and I only had one year left in MX2, so I, in Europe, I asked him if I could be promised a factory, you know, 450 deal, but at that time, uh, they still had Anstey and Paul in on the 450 team. And it was before that all, you know, split up. Yeah. And KTM was pretty full as well. And they just didn't have any space for me. They said they could have put me on, like, a um, on a satellite team on the 450. Right. But I wasn't too crazy about that. And um, Bobby was pretty persistent about me coming back with you moving up to the 450s. And, right. Um, I asked him, I was like, would you still have the spot available if I stayed one more year in Europe? And he's like, I'd like to say yes, but... I just, I can't promise it to you. Yeah. And um, that's when I decided, I'm like, I don't want to pass up this opportunity because um, even though I loved it in Europe, um, you know, it's just not home. And I grew up, you know, watching Supercross since I was five years old, watching Ricky and Jeremy McGrath, all those guys. And of course. I feel like I would regret it if I never at least came back and gave it a shot. Yeah. Speaking from experience, I kind of went through the same thing because like you never as a kid really considered winning a world championship mm-hmm. a possibility or 
not not really a possibility. You just it's not what's in your mind. You know, you're thinking Supercross and Motocross, and and that's kind of the pinnacle. But once you chase that for a little while, it becomes kind of like your thing. You know, like you're you want to be a world champion. Yeah, exactly. Like for me, it's, as soon as I finished my first season, my goal was you know to be a world champion one day which was realistic because i was really young and i had a lot of years right. in front of me and um yeah i'll, I'll probably always like regret it a little bit because i feel like the last two years i should have been more up in the championship race i just wasn't consistent enough yeah um over the course of such a long season last year the we we did mxon together um matterly hurt your knee so and that kind of lingered into to 2018 yeah right yeah so i tore my acl on in the qualifying race of uh, mx nations in england um and kind of limped through <laughs> sunday yeah which was tough because um you know i had a pretty good idea that i'd torn my acl saturday night and but i didn't want to tell you guys because then you guys would be bummed yeah. out like oh we're we're done before you even start you know so um i just kind of kept it quiet until after the race was over but um yeah i ended up i went and got it fixed the tuesday after that and um didn't get a lot of riding time before the gp season started just a few weeks and then ended up retaining the acl uh in portugal this year um and missed a couple rounds so that kind of blew my championship chances there yeah um it kind of if sort of to me felt like you got off to a slow start but then like at the end you were back where you sort of belonged and and is that the case i mean you feel like you were 100 percent when you went to argentina last year or not really i thought coming into it i thought i was i didn't have a lot of ride, riding time but i'm like mm, have i really lost that much speed yeah. or like whatever but turns out i got there and i was, <laughs> I was off the pace yeah. for sure um because those guys they know how to prepare for a season like right. they put the work in and um there's no substitute for that it's such a strange training uh schedule if you will the whole euro thing like you you don't you know the, the last two years i kind of had it somewhat figured out where you basically don't ride from the end of the season till no. the end of december beginning of january and then you just hammer down but those months like october november were super hard for me like physically and and just grinding away at hours you know but i actually feel like in the long run it's maybe a better scheme because you get some time away from the bike to rejuvenate you and and you're not freaking out because you know everyone else is doing the same thing it's just a a little bit different vibe yeah for sure i mean i think that's why you see gp guys having a little bit longer career as well um they have those couple months every year to just relax and chill out let their body recover a little bit and then you know get a game plan for the new season i think um in december is when they really start or that's for me anyway um october november was kind of just like maybe some stuff in the gym or something i wanted to work on or healing up injuries get those fixed and then december was really like when you start training pretty hard a good two months yeah get ready for the season but um but no like we're talking about with argentina i came in a little bit slow but then um by the third round i kind of raced myself into shape and then um, ended up getting. I won the second moto in Arco de Trento, um, getting second overall, and then I felt like I was back to where I 
where I was. And then the next weekend was Portugal, where I was running second again behind Prada. And that's when I tore my ACL and kind of yeah. set me back again. So that, that was a bit of a bummer. but uh. Yeah, it, wa- it was a huge bummer. Like, I mean, I still watch every weekend. Um, I normally have the pass if we're flying on Sunday. And then yeah. also we have them on TV like a couple hours delayed, which is pretty cool. But I love to watch. And it was, <laughs> I, you know, I obviously always want the Americans to do good because I know the struggle and I know how hard yeah. it is on a weekend where you get a fr- you know, freaking tenth place, and you're yeah. like driving your motorhome back to <laughs> to home, and that's not really home, and it's just a tough situation. So yeah, I felt sure. super bad for you. <laughs> um, but now, like, you've come home, but there's a little piece of you that's still in Europe, right? Like, maybe your heart. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. I don't know. British heart, maybe. I don't know. Are they still part of Europe or not? Uh, I don't know. Did they Brexit? Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. <laughs> no, no. I, I guess I just like a challenge. I, yeah. <laughs> I moved back to America and then finally get a girlfriend yeah. from, from England. So, um, yeah, it's tough, but we're figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's. I, I mean, I, I went through it. Um, Brittany, my now wife, lived here the whole time I was there. So um, it's tough, but it's doable. Yeah, well, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Fly Racing USA. Dudes, I love a BOA system, okay? If it were up to me, everything would be BOA. No more shoelaces, no more snaps, just BOA. BOA everything. So when Fly told me they were putting the BOA system on some of their pants, totally stoked. Um, I love everything I have from Fly. And one thing that people probably don't know is they make some pretty sick mountain bike stuff. So when I'm out on my Levo crushing it, I love to wear Fly. Check them out, flyracing.com. Back to the designations thing. Do you have any sort of opinion or uh, suggestion? Suggestion? Yeah. Um, I disagreed a little bit with me being on a 450. Well, not not only like our experience, but also just like... In general. Yeah, in general. Like yeah. this, this year with, you know, what was our two champions and the next best guy that was an American in, in the championship, like, you know those i feel like they're not you know they shouldn't get beat really yeah um i thought we had a pretty strong team this year going yeah. in honestly did um and that's me knowing how strong the european guys are i thought yeah we'd still be have a good shot at winning it yeah um i think a lot of factors played in you know the weather really helped the europeans yeah. out i think um not only with track conditions but just like goggle prep and like yeah um tire selection as well um i saw a lot of the i'm not sure which guys but i think i saw tomac with the you know still just the regular hard pack tire yeah and in those conditions like especially for the start scoop you tire. have to have a scoop tire yeah. like, it's not even fair i mean prado pretty much whole shotted the whole field right on 250 with scoop tire um but i don't know it's just the gp guys they they practice and train on outdoors year round. I think that's what it comes down to. I think uh, so much focus is put on Supercross here, and that's all a lot of the guys care about. How much do you think that that takes away? Like you know, if you had to say, do this Supercross season, do two weeks of training, and go race whatever the next GP was. How do you feel? Like where do, where do you think that puts you? Behind the eight ball, obviously, but. You know, it, is it 
is it two weeks behind? Is it three months behind? Like, okay. how do you quantify that in your opinion? I think it depends on which track we're going to. <laughs> but, um, you know, if we're going to Lommel, if I was just riding Supercross for, you know, four or five months and then you gave me a week or something to get ready for Lommel, that'd be a struggle. Yeah. Because um, it just takes some time to kind of, like, get the feel back and right. get your bike set up yeah. and things like that. Um, I think it would take a good month at least yeah. to, like prep like i i don't feel like that it's really fair to expect us or our guys uh from the u.s to make up that ground that we kind of lose when they're riding outdoors the whole time you know i think it's it's a tough thing i know it's been done long ago and still gets done sometimes these days but it's just a hard hard mix um when like you're from october more or less to may in full supercross mode get two weeks go race outdoors for 12 weeks and then you know we're supposed to be on the same level at at one point i think that was possible but now with the guys the gp guys on the level that they're on and training wise and everything they have it so dialed like i think it's just it's tough to make that ground up yeah because really i mean i was thinking about it just for myself uh to prepare for outdoors here this year there's no time to really build up a base yeah fitness like you don't get a lot of hours in on your bike doing long motos um i mean like the longest moto we do is like I don't know, almost 20 or 25 laps out yeah. of the supercross track um which is quite a bit different than you know a 35 minute moto out on, right. like a gnarly outdoor track um it, there's definitely something to be said for that um for sure the european guys have stepped it up um i mean i know i was just i was there to see it the last five years but it seems like the last few years probably three or four years they've just progressed every year and i don't know if that's because of um you know you have jeffrey who's i think elevating all the all those guys you know forcing them to take more risks than they normally would hang it out a little bit more um which is, I mean, I think it's good for the sport as a whole, but um, just not good for the American guy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's brought them to a new level. You know, not only himself, he's obviously on another level to pretty much everyone at this yeah. point. I mean, he's so fast. Um, but he's also changed the style a little bit. You know, I feel like there was a time there where they were kind of not really scrubbing, not really charging just kind of you know yeah. still more euro style whereas now like there's not a lot of difference in the two riding styles if you will like jumping and scrubbing and all that stuff between the two series and i think that the fact that their tracks are a little bit more uh diverse mm-hmm. makes them a little bit more versatile in situations like when it came to red bud you know that was obviously not the the normal red bud but yeah. they were they didn't really care you know they they were ready whether it was the red, real red butt or not you know yeah i mean still i mean red butt was pretty gnarly that day but it would be it'd be an easy day you know out at lommel or something like right. that um which is yeah probably not what they were expecting they were probably expecting you know wide open you know scrubbing off all the jumps and everything right. but it kind of played right into their hands it having an unknown conditions out there 100 percent for sure all right we're going to take some listener questions um the first one is not really a question, but um, something that you can just kind of speak on. Um, 
this is from Twitter. Um, dude's name's XC Redneck. Uh, a bit off topic, but I have to hand it to at Thomas C sixty four. Could have had rides influenced by his dad's role at Monster, but instead went out and earned everything he's got. Um, obviously, your dad is is uh, higher up at Monster, has some pull with you know every team pretty much. But you definitely went about it, uh, the long road. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually rode for Team Green before my dad got the job at Monster. So. Um, yeah, and then leading into my professional career, I rode for uh, a monster team the first two years. But, um, you know, in Europe, KTM and, and Husky, they have such a great program. And uh, they just, for some reason, they've always been able to dominate the, you know, the world championship. Yeah. And after my deal was up, I was like, man, I'd, I'd do anything to get on one of those bikes. Right. And so I actually just called up... Um, you know, Robert Jonas, Husqvarna, I was like, I know there's a little bit of politics with my dad and everything, but is there any way you'd have a spot for me um, on your team next year? And ended up making it happen, and uh, my dad was actually there with me when I, when I signed the contract, so it's kind of funny, but um, he was happy for me because um, a lot of people have always thought only got what I got because yeah. of who my dad was. It has and to be good feeling for you too to like kind of move out of that. Like here I am, this is me on my own. I'm not, you know, affiliated with it and and I I've made this move. You know, it kind of has to feel good to get out of that like sort of light if you will. Yeah, just kind of out from under my dad's right. wing. Um it just yeah, it felt really good for me actually because it. That's a big step. I mean, that's pretty balls out move. Yeah, I mean it. It felt good though. I mean, I didn't have any issues like making that decision. It was yeah. easy for me. Um, even though I honestly, I, I could have stayed with with the other team and made more money right. and everything. But um, with the whole program and also working with Jackie Martins was just a really good opportunity for me. And then. Uh, you know, it led into this, you know, relationship with them in the U.S. And, right. Uh, it was definitely one of the best moves I've made in my career is to, um, you know, get with Rockstar Husqvarna. Yeah. Um, all right. We got one from at Too Clingy. Uh, he says, did he make any bike changes throughout Saturday or did he just ride better in the main? Talking about Minneapolis. I think, no, I left my bike exactly the same throughout the whole night. Uh, um, I think more than anything was just my nerves. The first session out there, um, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just really tight and um, couldn't get any type of flow going. And then just the more comfortable I got with the track, and like I was talking about before, getting the track dialed in and those really short practice sessions is right. something that I struggle with a little bit. So um, I was just getting more and more comfortable with the track and then um, – Luckily, I got two really good starts in the races and put me with a little bit faster guys, and I could just latch onto them. All right, sweet. All right, since we both ride for Skosh, they're going to do a special discount. Um, the code is ZACO25 and a 25% off site-wide for everything except sell and clearance and daily deals. So that's pretty sick for anybody sick. who uh, listens to the podcast. That's a little perk for you. Um, all right, I got two sets of questions this week. You can either choose the one-word answer uh, or the the full answer questions or the this or that questions. I'll do uh, this or that. This or that. All right. Uh, Chipotle or Qdoba? 
Chipotle, for sure. Uh, Olive Garden or Carabas? Hmm. Carabas. <laughs> My man. <laughs> Hot or cold? Hot, 100%. Uh, cupcake or ice cream? Hmm. Ice cream. Podcast or audiobook? Podcast. Movie or documentary? Movie. Tea or coffee? Ooh. I like both, but I'm going to have to go with coffee. <laughs> Your missus is not going to be happy with that. Uh, running or cycling? Uh, cycling. My, my knees are too messed up to run. <laughs> uh, aisle, middle, or window? Aisle. Uh, Delta or United? Or what's your preferred airline? Uh, it's basically Delta or the rest. That's that's. Yeah, well, Delta's always been my airline. Okay. Uh, all traveling all over Europe and everything. But living in Tallahassee, Americans just got oh, better deals. Stop it. They just, they just got better deals. Stop so it. I just recently got the American Airlines credit card. That's 60,000 mile bonus. Down a wormhole, dude. <laughs> you can't do that. I thought Tallahassee was uh, Delta to Atlanta. Yeah, they do have that. And I'm still fine. I just see which one has better times each weekend. Oh, okay, them, okay. So. fair enough. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for your time. Um, good luck this weekend in Dallas and also for the rest of the season, for the rest of the year. And um, maybe we can revisit after the outdoors and you can tell us some thoughts um, more about the season, uh, more about the tracks here compared to the tracks there and the age-old uh, <laughs> Europe versus America debate. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it. and love to come back on. No problem. Thank you.